0: A battle going on today for the heart and soul of America, and the right side must win. It's time for America. Can we talk with Debbie George Addis on America? Can we talk? We talk truth about America and why it matters to you. America, can we
1: talk? Starts now. Good evening and welcome to my show. I'm Debbie George Addis. I'm so very glad you've tuned in tonight. Tonight in my first five, I want to talk about an issue that is swirling around in Washington. And really matters at a deeper level than you might think. In the FBI, we had, of course, the appointment of special counsel Robert Mueller to investigate the alleged involvement or potential involvement of the Trump campaign in supposedly helping the, colluding with the Russians to interfere with the presidential election of 2016. And recently, Robert Mueller announced that he would like to interview the president as part of his. Uh, investigation. And there's actually been talk back and forth. Uh, Apparently, the um, president's uh, office or the president made a comment in public about, oh, sure, I'd be willing to talk to him. And this is my message. And this is, I cannot tell you how important this is. There is no way that President Trump should agree to an interview with Robert Mueller. Or anyone from that special counsel team, I'm going to tell you why and it may take more than this first segment. but let me start with a simple a, a couple of simple things. Just like in any criminal investigation, any anyone who's actually charged, an individual defendant, you would as a lawyer, if you go to trial, if any of you ever sat on a jury, you know this. the person who is accused does not have to testify against himself. I'm telling you to start with that President Trump, so far as every bit of evidence that has ever come forth, did absolutely not in any way collude, do anything inappropriate, illegal, or unethical with the Russians. There has been, after a year-plus investigation, nothing has come out of this. But cooperating with your accuser is not wise. And I'll tell you many reasons. Robert Mueller and his entire team of Hillary Clinton-supporting lawyers— the entire team of liberal lawyers he has assembled has spent months and months interviewing and questioning dozens of witnesses, reading thousands of documents, listening to I don't know how many minutes of surveillance uh, video, surveillance that they have received, of the surveillance the government was involved in. They have mountains and mountains and mountains of data. So this is how it goes when you are uh, called to... Um, be questioned by Robert Mueller. First of all, it doesn't matter whether President Trump says, oh, I would do this interview, I'll answer questions, but not under oath. I don't want to be under oath. Makes no difference. It's a crime to lie to the FBI. So there's no way, this, there's just no way he should do this. Is, I mean, I'm sure his lawyers are telling him this. I'm praying his lawyers are telling him this. But you think yourself, if someone asked you, you, you're on the hot seat, and they said, two years ago, you had a meeting at an X date, and these three people were there, and you said this, and they said that, and, and isn't it true you said this? Now, I have to tell you, folks, Mueller and his team are asking these questions because they already know the answer. They've got seven witnesses or secretly surveilled recording uh, of the conversation or documents that were produced afterwards. The intent of this this desire of Mueller to question President Trump is not to find facts. It is to trip him up it is to find a way to accuse him of some wrongdoing. And so just as you would be completely unable to say with utter certainty that you will recall exactly the sequence of a conversation two years ago, who said what, what the order was, there is no way. And, and you'd be tripped up if you were held to that standard. There is no way that President Trump can do this and give that testimony to the Mueller team uh, in, in answer to questions. It is a trap. It is designed to entrap him. Second is that in a lot of these kind of cases, and we're going to talk in the next segment about what the real crime is that Mueller is investigating, but what often happens in these cases is that people call to testify. It turns out there's no proof of wrongdoing in the original charge, no evidence that Trump colluded with Russia. We're going to get in the next segment why that doesn't even matter, but no evidence that Trump colluded with Russia, but a prosecutor ends up with the ability to to charge you with a crime and and these are con process charges like obstruction of justice perjury in some other way even though you're you are being accused of something you didn't do you participate in a in a in an interrogation and you give an inaccurate answer which is then labeled a perjurious answer You're, you're charged with perjury Just ask Scooter Libby how that went for him. He had nothing. He did nothing. He was not involved in the original uh, allegation against that that whole administration. But he was tripped up in a test, in in some deposition, I think it was. The point is, this is an attempt to trap President Trump and the Republicans and the entire Trump administration. There's no good to come out of it for President Trump. And I think his lawyers are probably telling him this. And also, this is the unrelenting, unremitting— never-ending effort of the American left to remove President Trump from office. So even if Robert Mueller could not succeed in this questioning to actually do something that would allow a prosecution for obstruction of justice or perjury— They're looking to find a way to characterize President Trump in some wrong way that will lead to the effort of the Democrats, what the Democrats think they'll have, the majority in the Democrat next year in the House, to bring impeachment charges. This is not about finding truth. It's about removing Donald Trump from office. And Trump and his lawyers better be really smart about this and say no. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk. We can back off the break. I'm going to tell you more about how c- truly ridiculous this entire ongoing investigation is. Don't go away.
0: The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org.
1: That's CIS.org And start saving lives today.
0: Can you hear us now? Can you hear us And
1: welcome back to America, Can We Talk? You know, I t- said my first five tonight. This is a really big issue in Washington, and this is whether or not President Trump should agree to—, to and a, a questioning interrogation session under oath or not by Robert Mueller. And I know the gut, I'm a lawyer by background. I know the gut instinct reaction many people have, which is look, I didn't do anything wrong. I am perfectly comfortable saying that. I know I, in the case of Donald Trump, I know I didn't clue with the Russians. And so why not go talk to it? Talk to them, talk to Mueller, answer his questions. I have nothing to hide. And this is a great thing in the abstract that sounds like really logical. And people think, well, sure, if you have nothing to hide, why not? The problem is, of course, that lawyers are trained to trip you up. They're trained to ask questions in a way, and that you you get comfortable. And and, if, and honestly, and President Trump is particularly has a a very uh, brash and confident and blustery way of speaking. And I mean that the idea of him being in a room with Mueller or anyone on that team or his whole team answering questions when those people are loaded down with all of the statements and facts and and surveillance tapes they have listened to and documents they've read and 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 summaries of answers given by other witnesses they are not there to pursue truth you have to understand that they are there to take him down so the reason I want to continue talking about this is just the larger context of why I'm saying this matters so much. You know, everyone, if you ask the average person on the street, why is there an investigation on President Trump? Why is there a special counsel? Assuming they even knew the answer that there is a special counsel. But why was Robert Mueller uh, asked to be a special counsel? He was asked to look into the, the allegation that there was collusion between the Trump campaign team and the Russians in interfering with the 2016 elections. I want to go over these things. I think I said this once a year ago, but these are. In fact, by the way, we have a great website, dot org, .org, And I put a link up today to this particular article I'm speaking from. And this is uh, by a gentleman named Andrew Andy McCarthy, who you probably know the name. He was the prosecutor in the Blind Shake case. He is a renowned uh, legal mind in America. I wish you were our attorney general. I truly do. And he wrote this article reviewing again, not just why Trump—he makes the point that Trump not only— He said Donald Trump should not agree to be interviewed by the special counsel Mueller and President Trump should not even be asked. And I'm going to tell you why he says that in a moment. But back to the crime, so to speak, that was that he was that's being investigated. People say, well, it was collusion with the Russians. Understand this. Collusion is not a crime. Normally, whenever a special counsel is appointed, it's because it was actually specific allegations, actual specific allegations of a crime having been committed. For example, in the Nixon era with Watergate breaking into a building, that's a crime. There was no crime Underlying the the entire charge that brought around brought about Robert Mueller being appointed a special counsel. I mean, folks, this has been egregious since it began. But here we go. There is not a crime to collude with Russia. There is no crime. There and, and there is no evidence, even yet today, after all this time looking into it, that the president conspired with Putin's regime to do anything, to violate any law. Number two, it is not criminal obstruction. For a president to speak up, to weigh in, to say to the Department of Justice or the FBI, you know, I think you ought to go light on. Like he he made a comment allegedly to Vice President, uh, I mean, to uh, FBI Director Comey um, about whether or not he should continue pursuing Michael Flynn, even if Trump said, I sure wish you let this go. I, I let you. I, can you see where I clear to drop this? It is not a crime. He's allowed to say that. He is not. That is not obstruction of justice, and it is not obstruction of justice to fire a subordinate. He has the right and power to do that. All these things that people are talking about and pointing to, these are not crimes. And what Mueller is all about, and I'm gonna tell you, I I know Mueller early on. When he was appointed. Even Andy McCarthy said, "You know, this is a pretty straight up, sh- straight shooter, good guy." This investigation of President Trump has been so egregious from the beginning i'm going to mention again in a moment why i say that too what the actual the actual launching the investigation but the points to keep in mind for are: this isn't a crime to start with but what they're hoping to do is trip him up trip up and and you know i mentioned scooter libby this is also these process crimes i'm talking about where it's obstruction pretty much obstruction of justice or perjury You could have not done anything wrong, and the initial charges against you could have been completely ridiculous, but in the course of the investigation, if you do something that could arguably characterize as obstruction, you're charged with a crime then, even though you didn't do the original thing that brought about the whole investigation. Folks, this is this is what we're watching happen unfold in front of our eyes in Washington. Is a massive to borrow Hillary Clinton's massive right wing conspiracy, a massive left wing conspiracy to remove President Trump from office because they could not believe he managed to win the election. And I want to go back and tell you something else. Andy McCarthy was making the point about he was saying in America, you know, he was he was talking about how all the reasons I said that you, any any average Joe any person. You never your lawyer would never say, sure, sit down with a prosecutor, sit down with the special counsel before you even know what the charges are. What crime are you potentially charged with? What are the allegations? What evidence do they have? They're asking him to sit in the dark, you know, without knowledge. I mean, the lights on, but without any knowledge and answer questions, all with a the, with the goal to get him to trip up and, and compounding that is a Democrat. Uh, minority in the U.S. House, hoping to co- become the Democrat majority in the U.S. House, drooling over the potential that they can find some basis to impeach Donald Trump. It's not just the loony left talking about it anymore. There are more people in the American, I mean, the, the loony type Democrats have been saying it since, you know, the day he won. But I mean, it, it's more of a conversation. And this is. Truly, truly egregious, folks. So um, that, that's happening. But the other point that uh, Andy McCarthy made, and I want to share with you, he made the point that, his, these are his words, a president of the United States should never be the subject of a criminal investigation, should never be asked to provide testimony or evidence in a criminal investigation unless, two things, solid evidence that a serious crime has been committed, and again, there is no evidence at all. That a crime has been committed here, let alone solid evidence that a crime has been committed. And the other criteria before you actually question a president is a lack of any alternative means to acquire proof. They don't need to ask Trump these questions. But then he goes on to say the only exception is when there's reasonable cause to believe that the president is complicit in a serious criminal offense. And folks... As I keep going back to, there's no criminal offense now. If the Russians hacked into the DNC server, which we don't even know that. That that actually, I want to get back to and point out the two kind of remaining faulty, uh, you know, pegs, legs on this stool. There's this this it, this entire investigation is so dangerous to America because it really is the American left decided we're going to take this guy out. The entire investigation that the uh, that resulted, for the surveillance that resulted from the issuance of a FISA court warrant, the entire investigation appears to be based on an opposition research piece paid for by Hillary Clinton, paid for by her team long before the election happened, paid for by her to come up with some garbage to throw at President Trump in case she got worried about the election. And that appears to be what the FBI used to get a fisa warrant to spy on trump so the, the mere basis of the of the whole story uh, of, of the whole reason that fisa warrants got issued is is a faulty hoax level conduct by the fbi and folks i have to tell you this entire episode has been in america i mean it, i i think what i'm Talking to you and saying these words tonight, I understand that it sounds so far fetched, so extreme. It's just like couldn't be that. It couldn't be that the entire FBI couldn't be wrapped up in this, in this effort to bring down the president. And I don't know if they are, but I'm telling you, the evidence is mounting that this was within the higher levels of the FBI and the Department of Justice. A determination: We're going to take this president down. We're going to get a warrant based on a, a hoax document cr- paid for by the Hillary team. We're going to spy on them. We're going to find reasons to bring charges against them. And then if we have charges against them, we're going to have a prosecutor and, and, and go after them for for no wrongdoing. And if, if this is okay in America, then we have lost, you know, the rule of law. We have lost the, uh, the um, respect for the institutions, our national security, our government and mental institutions. And, you know, I got to tell you, there's moral hit. We have an interview coming up at 630. I'm going to come back to this after that interview. The interview, by the way, is very, very fun with Candace Owens. And she is a young lady. Uh, She's a a vlogger, a a, a verbal blogger, but she's fabulous. She's with with, um, the um, Turning Point USA. So we're going to talk to her after the break. But to finish this point right now. What we're looking at in this is really the corruption of the highest levels of the FBI and the Department of Justice deciding we're going to get this guy. And now you have cover up over all sorts of pieces and elements I'll share with you when we come back. But when we come back, we're going to talk with Candace Owens, who is a fabulous young millennial uh, working with um, the uh, Turning Point USA. Come right back.
0: nation faces a choice the path of big government based out of Washington or the unique brand of liberty and prosperity enjoyed here in Texas for 27 years the Texas Public Policy Foundation has helped leaders in the Lone Star State prove that fiscal restraint and small government can deliver opportunity and prosperity for all the Texas Public Policy Foundation promotes and defends solutions here and around the country Policy.com to learn more.
4: If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, go to IWF.org. That's the Independent Women's Forum.
1: and they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org.
3: There's a lot of talk today among media, in academia, in our culture, about everything that is supposedly wrong with America. Political correctness tries to dictate that we must stop thinking that America is exceptional. America's bravest have our back in the air, at sea, and on land. But who has America's back in the culture? In schools, on cable television, in newspapers, it's time to end the greatest prejudice on earth, anti-Americanism. And who makes the case for America? Flag does. Flag is the foundation for liberty and American greatness. Flag has America's back on the cultural battlefield.
1: And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I mentioned before the break, we have a guest joining us. I have not met this guest, and she's not in the studio. She's actually um, on the phone, but I'm going to give one more bit of introduction before I, I have her join us. I mentioned her name was Candace Owens, and uh, she is the director of urban engagement for Turning Point USA. We've had other people on the show from Turning Point USA. I can't think who they were, but it's a great organization. And the organization itself is a 501c3, founded in 2012 by Charlie Kirk. You see him all the time in media; he's great. Um, but the purpose of this organization is to identify, educate, train, and organize students to promote fiscal responsibility, free markets, limited government. So, you know, right up our alley, we love these people. So the reason, though, I wanted to have Candace Owens, I don't even remember how I ran across. First of all, I believe we have her online. Hi, Candace.
5: Hi, how are you?
1: Very well, and I'm so glad to have you join us. I can't remember how I came across you on Facebook, but Candace is a, uh, she is, as I mentioned with it, Turning Point USA. She's a director of urban engagement. Um, She... She has a Facebook page. It's just distractingly fun to go to. I mean, if you go, you're distracted watching these videos she's done. But she basically, she in the summer of 2017, she uh, as she describes it. She uh, gained notoriety through her political vlog, v l o g, as ver- as verbal blog, right? Video
5: video blog.
1: Video blog. Okay, thank you very much. Anyway, just I mean, really solid, wonderful, and and commentary that you know I, I feel like I'm you know I'm able to talk about politics in America and the Constitution but she's got a sparkly uh, uh, fun way of speaking to young people Um, and so I wanted to have her first of all just tell me how'd you even get this whole thing started that you got so and and she is by the way uh, she contributes to the federalist is it Uh, federalist com she's really exploded in the scene as a young person able to speak well to Millennials so take it away how'd you get involved in this
5: Um, Honestly, I just started making videos. Um, I was very fortunate. My second video uh, went trending worldwide. It had something um, upwards of 60 million views, and people were dubbing it in Portuguese and in French – so I, I really did sort of explode onto the scene. I made my first video in September, and people were just responsive. And it was interesting because I thought I was sort of tapping into an American sentiment that we're being duped and lied to by our media. But apparently this is worldwide. There seems to be an awakening going on. So that was really amazing to see.
1: What was the? Do you recall, what was the topic of the one, that video that went so viral?
5: Yeah, it was called I Don't Care About KKK or the Char- or Charlottesville i was I was doing a commentary about everyone was saying the KKK is coming back after Charlottesville. And I was like, okay, this is where we need to draw a line you know I mean, <laughs> it couldn't get more hyperbolic in the media, but when we're gonna start pretending that we're living in the 1940s and I as a black woman can't walk outside because the KKK is gonna come on horseback, I have <laughs> to draw you know a very thick line in the sand, and that's exactly what I did.
1: You sure did. And again, I urge our listeners, if you're not on Facebook, you should be. But on Facebook, if you go to her page, Candace Owens, the videos are really good. And, and, and she's also, she, you happen to be, I'll just tell you, very pretty, very, very, you're just fun to watch. You're very animated in your speech. But you really say things that I think sometimes other people can't say. I mean, I, I don't, th- I don't know if I, as a, as a white woman, could say quite the things that you say. Be- you and, couldn't. And, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't, yeah.
5: That's absolutely correct. And Charlie Kirk and I discuss it all the time. It's, it's unfortunate, but you almost have to play identity politics against the left because all they do is play identity politics. So they think they can shut you up because they're a woman or because they're black. Well, it happens to be that I sit at the top of the progressive stack. So if they're going to come at me, they're going to have to come at me with knowledge and facts and reason. And unfortunately, they're incapable of ever presenting that. <laughs>
1: Okay. You can hear this. I'm I just I'm already loving this interview. Okay. I did I, I I love what you do and I love because you say things just in a refreshing, straightforward way. And and um I I scan down your facebook page trying to choose which topics i wanted to go to i saw you had a posting um fairly recently you said i woke up this morning to see that there was a shooting a a police officer i guess two officers had there been a shooting and you talked about how you thought that president obama had encouraged people to think of the cops as racist and 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 violent and this was leading to to harm to police so can you elaborate on what you were thinking about
5: Look, it's not just leading to harm to police. It's it's leading to harm to the black community. But um, essentially, he, he was very clear. He told black people that they had to stand their ground against police officers. Why would you say that? Um, statistically speaking, if we're talking about 2016, 16 unarmed black men were killed by police officers. If you want to run that number, that zero zero four five .00045% of the black population. Um, That We actually have a higher rate of getting struck by lightning in the black community. More people were struck by lightning in 2016. Um, And yet he's pretending this is a real battle and something that we have to fight, and that's false. And because of this narrative that he helped paint and Black Lives Matter helped rev up, um, what we saw were dramatic numbers increasing in black deaths because because police don't want to show up. They're afraid of being accused of being racist. So um, black homicides rates, they, they rose by 17% in 2015. Um, so that's what, exactly what I'm talking about. It's this sentiment that they helped produce. And the only reason they did that um, was because every election cycle, they need to recreate this narrative of racism because they don't want black people to think for themselves. They want them to think like a monolith, like a group. And that is a narrative that I am helping to destroy every single day of my life.
1: Oh my gosh, you're, you're fabulous. Okay, so we're if you've just tuned in, we're speaking with Candace Owens, and she. I do encourage you to find her on Facebook. She is the Director of Urban Engagement for Turning Point USA. She does these video blogs that are just too, impossibly fun to watch, and really, and they, they take on a lot of the, the politically correct narrative. So I mentioned to you, I think in an email, that I was curious your reaction. I, I saw this article. There's so much in, in the white community uh, and in academia especially, so much determination to— pander and, and to agree that there's this terrible oppression happening. It's like your are virtue, virtue signaling your sensitivity if you agree that this is a horribly racist nation and there's so much bad going on. So there's a particular article, uh, and it was about the idea of the this one professor was arguing that civil debate, civil conversation on college campuses is a manifestation of white patriarchy, like <laughs> whites are being racist if they insist we ought to be able to civilly discuss things so what do you think about that? <laughs>
5: Look, I talk about this extensively as does Charlie Kirk, but college campuses really have become these pits of institutional brainwash. And it's scary when logic, facts, and rationality are under attack and beating, being treated as these symbols of aggression. Intellect cannot and will not prevail under that umbrella. So it's important that we fight it every single day. And It almost seems to me like critical thinking is, is becoming an endangered analysis. They don't want people to think anymore. You have to challenge ideas. You have to debate. It's the only way that we grow as society. So um, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm nervous about it, but I'm optimistic only because this is what we fight every single day at Turning Point USA.
1: I love it. I love Turning Point USA too. Okay. One other thing, uh, this is uh, something I have been wanting to ask you about, and I, um, so I'm i going to go ahead. So there was an article, it was a Wall Street Journal editorial. It was by Shelby Steele. And the title of it is Black Protest Has Lost Its Power. And he was he started out by commenting that the NFL protest didn't go like the NFL players thought they would. I mean, they, they were very disappointed by the public not getting behind the NFL protests. But Shelby Steele went on to say in the course of this Wall Street Journal editorial, but he said what happened um, in, in the fact that the NFL couldn't get this protest to carry on was that they missed the simple—I'm uh, mo- uh, sorry, I'm going start that sentence over. What they missed is a simple truth that is both obvious and unutterable. The oppression of black people is over with. This is a politically incorrect news, but it's true nonetheless. We Blacks are today a free people. It says that freedom sneaked up and caught us by surprise. And he goes on to say it's like the black community could not adjust to the notion of, OK, we're free. How do we act? And he said it was the shock of freedom. So I don't know if you happen to read the article, but what's your okay. reaction to that?
5: I loved it. And I think it's great. And it's so important that, that people stop being politically correct and start calling people out. Look, the statistics, the data, we have the facts, and we have the logic to compete with this narrative. And I say this also um, with the realization that black community is not willfully going out there and being ignorant. It, it is something that we are taught. In schools. okay, The academia, the media, and Hollywood all sort of play a part in creating this idea that we're constantly being oppressed, and that's only because it serves the extreme leftists. It, it, it helps them stay into power. So the idea of black people being free um, doesn't help them. They don't get to secure our votes. So it's important that um, white people continue to challenge these ideas in, in the way that they have been doing, people like Ben Shapiro, um, Jordan Peterson stepping up and just facts, facts destroy the narrative. <laughs>
1: I mean, you must have watched that Jordan Peterson interview with the British woman. Did you watch that?
5: Oh, great. Oh, my God. My
1: it was gosh, so great. I was laughing out loud at <laughs> my desk. Yes. Really good. OK, so, Candace, you, I, there are about 25 more stories I could ask you about, but we have these firm breaks in the show. So I do want to ask, ask you to share with the listeners if they want to hear more what you have to say, read what you have to say, support you. Where can they go?
5: Um, so they can go to my Twitter feed if you just want to hear my thoughts throughout the day on various news stories. I'm at Real O. If they want to support my work, they can visit me at Patreon.com slash CandiceOwens. Uh, Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And, of course, I have a Facebook page, and you can catch up on all of my videos on my YouTube channel. Just search my name.
1: Okay, so you do have a YouTube channel running all these videos, too. Okay, good. Okay. Yes. All right, because and you mentioned the Patreon thing. I did want to mention that to people again. That p a t r e o n dot com backslash Candace Owens, right? Correct. Okay. One more story. I want to ask you in just thirty seconds. If you were okay, we, uh, you know we got to roll. We are out of time. Candace, great talking <laughs> with you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, folks, we'll be right back.
4: America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit firstliberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans. In the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's firstliberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to firstliberty.org now.
1: Hey there, Debbie George Addis here. I hope you were listening in the last segment we had a fabulous guest on, Candace Owens, and again, she is a just a great example for Uh, For all of us, for young people, for everyone, to just speak up and say what's true. She was tired of seeing the American left continue to paint black Americans as all victims, to paint America as a deeply racist society. And this is her boldness and her willingness to say, no, that's not what America is. That's not true. It's a wonderful, great country. She's not saying it's perfect, but it's a wonderful, great country. And she's inspiring young people at college campuses and in the talks. She has a big speech coming up in New York City to say, come on, let's let's be better. Let's be more for America. Let's just stop playing the the, the victim uh, card that the Democrat Party tries to deal us. Stop playing that card. And, you know, I didn't do much uh, well on this show to be able to talk about that Shelby Steele um, Wall Street Journal editorial, and I will, I'll, I'll talk about it more throughout the show um, tonight and other nights, but I really, incru- I, there, it's really inspiring because, you know, her, this Candace Owens, it's a breath of truth. It's a breath of fresh air. People do respond. To it. They do respond. They're grateful when someone stops playing the liberal left wing, everything's horrible, everything's awful, America's bad, America's terrible, and just say, No, that's that's not true anymore. Okay, so I want to be sure and just say a special thank you. I'm so glad she was available. I reached out to her over Facebook. I also want to thank the sponsor of our show while we're still in our first hour. The sponsor of the show is G C Works. It's a Dallas based company and they perform Research in advanced technology and deliver innovative approaches to the oil and gas industry. Couldn't do the show without them. So grateful for GC Works. And the reason I want to mention it in the first hour is that for our listeners in Phoenix, love, love, love being on in Phoenix. Um, not on the second hour. So we're about to end our time with you. And so um, you can turn to Facebook Live. We do the show on Facebook Live. And so you can go right to your computer, go to Facebook, come to America Can We Talk, and keep right on listening to us because we you drop off after the first hour. So grateful to be on in Dallas, of course. Six sixty AM, the answer. And grateful also to be on air in in uh, Colorado Springs, AM fourteen sixteen FM 101.1 the answer. Also wanted to say back to Candace Owens that this show is dedicated to the idea of embracing and protecting the exceptional identity of America. That's why I do this show. I don't have radio background. I'm a lawyer by background. I, I talk a lot about politics, you know, in my life and my um, activities. And but. This radio show is, I'm only doing this because I'm all about the idea of embracing and protecting the exceptional identity of America. And one of the exceptional things about America is that our country was not founded on any race or any ethnicity. It's not like Italy is for Italians, Germany is for Germans, you know, uh, uh, Greece is for Greeks. America is not about race and the endless effort of the American left to divide us into hyphenated groups and then hit those groups against each other. As, as Candace has recognized, and frankly, many more black Americans are who voted Democrat for long, for decades, are waking up to the reality that all this divisiveness, all of this identity politics is really destroying the culture of America. The, the unity, it is not possible to reach unity and to reach understanding and to hear each other out if you embrace the left-wing identity politics mode. We can do better. We need to stop letting the left, do that to us. So I want to be sure I mention that. Um, I also want to mention that during the week now, I always have more stories than time. I mean, I have enough stories here in case like a snowstorm came in and, and I had to be on air for 12 hours. I'd have enough things to talk to you about. But they always tie back to preserving and protecting America. And one thing that I want to mention to you, because I don't have enough time, I have started doing a Can We Talk More podcast once a week on Wednesday at 3 p.m. so come right back to this Facebook page um and to at can, uh, America can we talk and I do a 1-hour podcast um just like this talking to you about America and um I hope that you can uh, join us on that well before we had the wonderful candace Owens on I was talking with you about what is happening in the um in Washington with the Mueller investigation. And I want to connect just a few more dots because really the more you step back and start to put all these dots together, you realize how really egregious all this is. I want to remind you that we all got off on this concern that the Russians had done something because somebody hacked in to the Democrat national committee's servers and published, they released through WikiLeaks, they released emails that embarrassed the Clinton campaign, emails from, uh, involving her and many other people. And so there was a, a uh, you know, someone did that. I mean, someone hacked in, or whether it was an inside job or what, we don't know. But the first premise I want to remind you to always challenge when your friends say it. The DNC never permitted the FBI, the CIA, any federal government entity to examine their servers to figure out who did the hacking. If you didn't know that, it's important to understand that. The DNC hired a private organization, CrowdStrike, to do the analysis of the DNC servers and figure out who hacked in and published all those emails. And CrowdStrike was the one that said, oh yeah, it was the Russians. Well, folks, that is like the police coming to your door with a search warrant saying, we're here to search your house because we think you robbed a bank. And you say, you know what, officers, I'm going to go down the street. I have a friend who's a private investigator. I'll let him come and search my house and he can tell you whether or not the money's here. So you trot down the street You get your private investigator friend. He searches the house and says, no, nope, money's not here. And that is the end of it. I mean, the absurdity that we fail to conti- to remind ourselves of is that the entire premise, the Russians did anything. Now, I'm not saying I love the Russians. I don't know what they did. But I do know that the DNC never permitted the actual federal authorities, any federal entity, to review their servers. The entire premise for everyone you've ever heard say, well, the Russians hacked into this election, the Russians hacked into the DNC servers, is based on a private organization paid for by the DNC called CrowdStrike. That's pretty remarkable. And even this investigation today, have you ever heard Mueller say, well, I think maybe the FBI needs to look into those servers. We need to figure out even if there was a hacking into the DNC service, you don't even hear that. You don't even hear that. So that is a huge factoid to keep in mind. And the other one I mentioned earlier, but so important to remember, you know, this entire you know, surveillance by the FISA Court, issues of a warrant, issuing by of a warrant by the FISA Court, the surveillance of Trump was all based again on the Democrats orchestrating the creation of this Russian dossier, paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign, and we do not yet have any other evidence that the FBI had any other basis to seek that that FISA warrant except this dossier that the this you know smear job thing that the Hillary Clinton campaign paid for yet here we sit in January 2018 with with you know has to be in the millions of dollars now spent on an investigation by Mueller we don't even know if the Russians actually did anything we have no evidence, evidence of collusion by Trump and we have Mueller saying that he is going to he wants to interview Trump and we have actual statements it sounds like maybe they're going to let uh no i'm gonna say i think that president trump's lawyers are smarter than that they're not really going to let that happen but this would be this is fulfilling the dream the dreams and fantasies of the american left find a way to remove president trump and what they're really saying is it's the it's the dreams and fantasies of the american left to destroy the will of the american people to choose their own president this is sinister, dastardly, at the highest level. And the latest thing where we are now, to be sure that we are all following this, is that within the Congress, the duly elected Congress that all of us got to vote for at least one member of Congress and one sen- or two senators, in Congress, the House Intelligence—I don't have the name of the committee in front of me, the House Intelligence Committee— the committee chaired um, by uh, Chairman Nunes, they had to scrap and fight and argue— they, are, they have legal authority to actually subpoena information from the FBI, from the Department of Justice, to ask, you know, we need to see these documents. We need to see this. We want to know this. The FBI and the DOJ have stalled, failed to comply argued, played games. They have argued and argued and not, they have made it very hard for Congress to do its job in oversight and to understand what really happened within the FBI and the DOJ with respect to this investigation. But they finally have some information and members of the Republican staff of the House Intelligence Committee came up with a four-page memo. This is what that release the memo hashtag is about, a four-page memo summarizing what they learned in the documents that were turned over. It has been described as nothing short of scandalous, stunning—you know, beyond description, KGB-like. And so now the battle in Washington is that the Republicans—that there was first a vote within the House Intelligence Committee. This four-page memo was written, you know, and the, the summary of what they have learned so far. And there was a vote in the House Intelligence Committee to say, should we release this four-page memo at least? To the rest of Congress, to the other elected officials, all Democrats on that committee voted no. You can't let, you know, Congress can't even see this summary. Congress can't even see it. The Democrats voted no. Of course, the, you know, the Republicans prevailed and voted yes, and and the memo's gone out. Then more members of Congress are saying this is outrageous. The American public has a right to know, a right to see this. The Democrats are attempting to stop that. Not only the Democrats, but the fbi the Department of Justice are attempting to arm twist the um the, the uh, House Committee to not release that memo to the public. In fact, there was a letter written to, the, to Chairman Nunes by a Department of Justice uh, attorney, an official, essentially saying this could threaten national security. You can't do this. Essentially, he was saying you can't do this without the permission. You can't release to the American public a memo you wrote based on information you've seen Without the permission, let us review it, and we'll tell you if it's okay to release. Because the memo hasn't even released, as far as we know, made its way back to the FBI and Department of Justice. So the FBI and the Department of Justice are saying they want to tell Congress whether they are permitted to release a memo to the public or not. This is arrogance on the the, the American left, arrogance by the people who are in the uh, Department of Justice and the um, FBI basically saying, you know— and they're, they're calling it national security. Now, folks, let's be clear. This is not about troop movements. This is not about the location of our nuclear weapons. It's not about the nuclear codes. It's not about the, um, you know, the, our foreign assets and hidden, hidden spies around the world. This is about what the FBI and the Department of Justice have been doing to you, to Trump, to the American people. And I, there's going to be a vote. And the other way the law works is so that once the, the, Republic, the committee meets again, they vote. The Republicans could and the majority could vote to release the memo. And then President Trump has five days under law, five days to say, no, he can't release it. If he says nothing, it gets released. President Trump came out yesterday, I think it was, and said, I think we, the American public has the right to know. I think we need to release the memo. Darn straight. Got to go top of the hour break. Talk to you after the next hour.